Bon Jorg. Hello. <laughs> and welcome. Willkommen. Willkommen to everybody's favorite podcast, man, I guess. What? It's not the accent I was going for, but... But it's the accent you got. It happened, so I just... I rolled with it. Alrighty. Rolled with the punches. Anyway, welcome to Element OP, the podcast about everybody's favorite TV show, Schitt's Elementary. Shit's Creek. Elementary. Shoots Creek. Elementary. For censoring ourselves. Elementary. It's elementary. It's elementary. I got nothing to say about Shit's Creek. I haven't watched the latest season yet. It's a fine show. It's fine. Good five seasons. But we're not talking about that. Took me a little while to get into it. Wasn't a huge fan of the pilot. It's slow to start. I did like the pilot of Elementary, though. And the next 27 episodes. And the pilot episode. Uh, uh, The pilots. pilots. He had glue on him. Well, the one pilot. It was stinky glue. Sherlock was like, I can smell your glue from here. Oh, yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sticky and stinky. Mm-hmm. But that's not the episode we're talking about today. No. Today we are talking about season two, episode four of Elementary, Poison Pen. Poison Pen. And I am your host, Val Flight Cub, a.k.a. Poison Pen Island. <laughs> I get it like a wiener. And like a callback to that time that your nickname... Uh, Broken Pen Island. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at you. Who are you? I'm your best friend, Alec, a.k.a. Jonas Sus. I saw Joan Vent. (laughs) Okay. Just giving a... You'll see. Well, you'll see. Um, Before we get into the episode, uh, content warning for near the end of the episode, there is a heavy discussion of child sexual abuse. So, um... We'll, we'll say it we'll say it again before it comes up and then you can skip forward but most of the episodes about other stuff fun episode otherwise otherwise it's just a grand old little jiggly jiggy walk what am I saying <laughs> jiggy walk I love a good jiggy walk I think I was trying to say cakewalk <laughs> and it came out like jiggly mm-hmm. jiggly walk my birthday's coming up in a couple months and mm-hmm. i would love a, a jiggly cake mm, a jello <laughs> yes that's the jello sound <laughs> you gotta put a, a prize in the middle though mm, no like oh if you can eat it all in one go you win a little tonka truck uh i don't know about that one i really don't know about that one a hot wheel then what if your prize was um, fruit salad and it was <laughs> mixed throughout the Jello? Oh my! That's amazing! I like, love that idea. Like a 1970s Jello. That's fantastic. All right, now I know what to get you for your birthday. <laughs> Don't espe- expect a second thing. Well, the Jello is one thing, and then the prizes inside are another. So there you go. I'm getting so many things. Nutritious and delicious. Oh, it's prizes. nutritious. Never mind. <laughs> so, um, what did you think of this episode? I liked, I enjoyed it, and not just because uh, a, a couple 
actor buddies got to play together again. Mm -hmm. Yes. After... Another familiar face for us. Years and universes apart. Five years. And two universes. Yeah. Do you think Eli Stone happens in the same universe as... Absolutely not. No? Because I don't think Sherlock Holmes' show Elementary Mm -hmm. takes place in a world where God exists and gives (laughs) people instructions. Just because Sherlock isn't getting instructions from God doesn't mean that other people in the world aren't. You think he wouldn't have heard about somebody predicting an earthquake? That's a point. Yeah. And it's a good one, dare I say it. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. It's well, a good one. It, it is a good one. If truth, I say it. What? You said, if, if dare I say it. And I said, if truth, I say it. Uh, Both the play on the uh, truth or dare game that adolescents know of and the fact that I'm saying it's true what you said. It's a play. It, sounds, it seems like work. <laughs> to work on words. This play on words it seems like labor to me. It was an effort of words. Shall we talk about the elementary episode? I guess. Okay, well, we don't have to. How was your day? No, let's talk about the episode. <laughs> <laughs> my, my day started being 15 minutes late for a, a rehearsal that I had forgotten about. And then when I got there, it, it was another 20 minutes before I actually did anything. Your day so. started at 5 p.m.? Yes. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> You're like, the six hours I played video games and hung out with Balto <laughs> and my partner. Don't count. Doesn't count. Uh-huh. Okay, yes, my day consisted of becoming very close to beating the Minotaur in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So the episode begins with punches being thrown. Blows being landed. Hits being hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shirtless Holmes is boxing. He's doing a pretty good job. I can't tell, but yes. The cinematography seems to imply that he's doing... A bang-up job. Oh. <laughs> and um, he gets out of the ring and he says, Joan, I hope you learned something from watching me. And Joan says, yeah, I learned that you fight dirty. And he's like, nuh-uh, I'm Cobra Kai. Strike hard, strike first. It's probably strike first. Strike hard, no mercy. Yeah, he says, I fight without mercy. Yeah. Joan. It's a different thing. And you should, too, to fight against opponents bigger than you, which you'll probably find unless we only solve cases done by small children or large house cats. <laughs> or small house cats. Yeah. They're also smaller than Joan. Yeah. Joan is bigger than a lot of children. <laughs> so this conversation is cut short because Sherlock gets a phone call, which he answers by saying, hello, mistress. <laughs> and Joan like, kind of looks at him and he's just like, what? I'm being normal. (laughs) You've never just answered the phone, hello, mistress, Joan. Yeah, you don't know any mistresses who refuse to be called anything else. And then he's like, okay, hang up immediately, call 911, tell them to bring Captain Gregson. I uh, will be right there. And then he's like, all right, Joan, we got a dead body. (gasps) So this is popping off. This episode's already starting. It's going. We didn't didn't get to see the murder this time. Mm Mm-mm. We didn't have to see the murder this time, depending on your point of view. Yeah, yeah, it would definitely be the latter. Well, I mean, the murder was nothing, but the after, you'll see. Yeah, yeah. So so the person that called Sherlock and the person at the murder, mur- the murder scene, <laughs> the murder scene who found the dead body. The, the murder office, as murderers call them. <laughs> I like to work from home. <laughs> That's what snipers say. 
Oh. From the comfort of their own home, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway. Listen, if you're going to be a sniper, probably don't do it from your home because all of your victims will be within a certain radius of your home. And good police officers, which is an oxymoron, uh, will be able to uh, track you down relatively easily. Well, if you pick a different spot and then shoot everyone in a radius around that spot, they'll think it's, you know. Ooh, go to your arch nemesis's home. Shoot in a radius around there. Yeah. And then, unless your arch nemesis is your neighbor, and then maybe it's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Also, why are you living right next to your arch nemesis? Are you one of the spies from Spy vs. Spy in Mad Magazine? Well, I think sometimes neighbors become arch nemesis. Arch nemeses. It's happening right here on this couch. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me you're not yet prepared for our battle? (laughs) It's already begun. So the woman at the murder scene that discovers the dead body is this sexy dominatrix. She's got, you know, a lace corset and high heels. She's got a bull whip. Or no, what's that little thing that you spank horses with? It's one of those. A horse whip. That doesn't sound right. Mm, a horse tail. No. Paddle. Stop guessing. <laughs> <laughs> so she explains, I got a call that I had a new client and that I should let myself in. So I let myself into the apartment and he was just laying here on the ground. She says, I, I gave him a couple commands and he didn't do anything. And I thought, ooh, maybe he's just stubborn. Some slaves are like that. Yeah, she just says that casually, casually to Captain Gregson and he's just like... Gregson is clearly out of his element. Oh, yeah. He looks not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then she's like, but then I hit him with one of the, with this. She like smacks her hand with the bull, with the horse paddle. <laughs> and uh, that gets Joan's attention. There's just this like little cut in of just Joan like, huh, ooh, <laughs> turning around. And she's like, but then he didn't respond. So I took the mask off, and it turns out he was dead. D-E-D dead. Because we forgot to mention, when she came in, he was laying on the floor in a full latex bodysuit. Mm-hmm. A gimp suit, as Joan later calls it, with the hood and everything. So that's why she didn't know right away that he was dead. Mm-hmm. It was his own personal body bag. Oh, vacuum sealed. <laughs> Keep out the flies. <laughs> she also says, my new client was looking for some CP and some light OTK. And Captain is like, huh? Huh? Sherlock's like, CP, corporal punishment, OTK, over the knee, spanking. Duh. Duh. <laughs> and Joan's like, how do you two know each other? And Sherlock says, oh, we met at an exhibit about medieval torture devices or something. <laughs> and realized we had some friends in common. We kept in touch. Ooh, yeah, touching each other. Touching his butt. Ooh, keeping touching butts. He's not allowed to touch her, though, because she's the mistress. Ooh, good point. Now, in previous- You know all the rules. We're both supposed to know all the rules! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, in previous episodes, you and I have discussed, oh, well, you know, does he think he ever buys sex workers? What's the word? You don't rent their time. How do you say it? Hire them. Yeah. We're like, do, do you think he ever hires sex workers? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, he's just like friends with Saul, but I don't know. He totally does. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, that's what Captain Touch means. Was that like, he was like, oh, you you do this for a living? You got a business card? <laughs> and she was like, yes. It's black with white lettering. You know, 
That seems like the kind of thing a dominator could I do, I like right? that. Yeah, that's actually sleek. Mm-hmm. I Ooh. Or maybe it's like black with red lettering. I was just thinking that there's got to be some red thrown in there, too. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she's got those red lips. Mm. Very pretty lady. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's Pick your chin up right? off the floor. She's not a real person. She's just a character. Uh-huh. She doesn't have a business number we could call? No. Okay. But there are others like her. Let me Google something real quick. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Marcus comes in and he's like, yeah, we got some ID on the victim. His name is Titus Delancey. He was a CEO at blah, blah, blah. And uh, Captain's like, that would get you quite a few spankings. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he thinks of money now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, the minimum wage needs to be brought up to three spankings an hour. <laughs> So then Captain is like, okay, this is Bell. He's going to um, take your statement. And he and the mistress walk off. And the mistress, like, kind of looks at Captain because he made the spanking joke. Mm-hmm. Or just like, ugh. But then she, like, looks over at Bell and she she kind of has this look on her face like, who's this square? <laughs> ugh. Also, this mistress must only be, like, 5'2", because she's not taller than Bell. Mm-hmm. Bell's 5'5". Five five, so, yeah. She <laughs> could even be 5'4". But anyway. In one-inch heels? I was not looking at her feet. You and I have very different priorities. <laughs> no, I can't stop thinking about what you just said, which was, um, this is Bell. He's gonna, and now I'm thinking of, of Bell as a cashier. So you could say, this is Bell. He'll he's ring, gonna you, ring up. you up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for saying it at the same time as No, it's, like I it. like it. <laughs> I like that we're on the same wavelength. So now Sherlock squats down to inspect, you know, to try and deduce and detect some things. And he notices that there's no talcum powder in Mr. Delancey's latex suit. And he's like, hmm, no talcum powder. And, you know, the rubes in the room are like, what's the significance of that, Sherlock? And he says, well, putting on one of these is like putting on a swimsuit that's two sizes too small and already wet. It's kind of difficult. I concur. When I went scuba diving in a wetsuit, that thing is miserable to, to take on and off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking it off is a lot easier, which is good, because mm-hmm. you just peel yourself like a banana. But putting it on, everything has to be in the right spot. Right. So it's just... <laughs> Hard to make a sound that represents putting a hot dog in a drinking straw. <laughs> I think you nailed it. <laughs> So these suits are tight. You need talcum powder to get into them, especially when you're, you know, a sweaty old man like Titus Delancey might have been. And he says, so I think somebody put him in this, you know. Or he said someone helped him into it. Yeah, but I don't think that he meant in a friendly way. Huh. Kind of like when people say, we got company. It's not really like, oh, "Oh, let's bring out the tea and cookies. But imagine if they did, there'd be a lot less gunfights. A lot more boiling hot tea splashing on... (laughs) Car, police windows, or something. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I thought you were saying splashing on carbs because of the, you know, the biscuits. <laughs> oh, you know, it runs in my family. My my mom really splashed on the carbs, too. <laughs> Nothing runs in your family. Oh. oh! So, the talcum powder, the lack of talcum powder in the suit leaves Sherlock to believe. The lacum powder. The lacum powder leads Sherlock to believe that this man was poisoned. And he's like, Joan, come look at his lips. 
because this guy's upper lip is all blue. And Joan is like, like... he's been drinking some blueberry milk. Does that exist? No, and thank God. It doesn't sound like it would be the worst. Yeah, strawberry, strawberry milk, milk. Is good. Yeah, I do like strawberry milk. You ever had grape milk? No. Now you're glad that doesn't exist, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Banana milk you could probably get away with. Ooh. Ooh. Ha. Or let me hit you with this. Almond milk. <laughs> no, that destroys the environment. <laughs> Try orange milk. Which is just milk mixed with orange juice. Double the breakfast drink. No, that doesn't sound good. You should also... um, And then brush your teeth right before. Instead of making chocolate chip pancakes, you should make um, bacon bit pancakes. That actually sounds pretty good. Is it vegetarian? No, it doesn't. Well, I'm not that. Bake-O-Bits is actually soy-based, though. It's not real meat. It's vegan. It's not real soy. It was one of the one of the first vegan products introduced in the U.S. Water, water was the first. <laughs> yes. Well, now that we've brainstormed some milk flavors, back to the episode. That's a dairy good idea. Titus Delaney has blue lips, and Joan looks at it and goes, "I'm a doctor." Wow. Metmegalohemoglobinemia. She does. A, she has a few "I'm a doctor" moments in this one. Mm-hmm. Cause she used to be a doctor. She used to be a doctor, but yeah, she notices the hemoglobin. My boom. Med hemoglobinemia. Wow, that's pretty good. I don't know that that's what she says, but uh, if she does, sound pretty smart. Med hemoglobinemia. Well, basically, it means uh, you get no oxygen to your um, blood cells. Blood. Cause you got poisoned by nitroglycerin. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Nitroglycerin, however, is sometimes an ingredient in heart medications. So maybe he just took too many of his heart medications. Because mm-hmm. he's, you know, an old bald man, so he might have heart problems too. Mm-hmm. And Joan is like, you know, it fits with, he might have just taken too many. And, and Sherlock is like, he would have had to take like eight or ten. And then Joan's like, that's a lot to take by accident. So they're thinking maybe he was poisoned by nitroglycerin. And, and- then... Sherlock looks around and he sees a little uh, tumbler glass of bourbon, and he and he he goes to pick it up. And I'm just reminded of another episode where he did that. And Joan was like, "Hey, what do you think you're doing?" Because he was like grabbing a glass of alcohol, and she was his sober companion. He grabs the glass of bourbon and smells it, and then says that bourbon would be a great cover to hide nitroglyceride. So like, why are you even smelling it? You wouldn't. Be able to s- this does smell, smell like it. it could smell like something else also. <laughs> hmm. But he says that the labs will confirm his... His deduction that there's nitroglycerin in there. And the way that he's going to find out is he pours a little bit out onto the glass table. And Captain's like, that's evidence! <laughs> Sherlock's like, I have left plenty of liquid in the glass for the lab to test. And then he gets a long fireplace match from the fireplace (laughs) and lights it and then lights the bourbon on fire and it's blue i guess is the important part i do not know i was like does bourbon would bourbon just not catch on fire at all it's alcohol that's a great point that i didn't think of yeah but he says fire in the hole and then he lights it and then he goes nitroglycerin and then title sequence kind of short yeah and then it's the next morning joan wakes up and she says, well, when you end one day with a man in a gimp suit, why not wake up the next with a, another with a bullwhip? And Sherlock is in the living room or wherever he is, whipping cans, I mean, uh, cups, with a new bullwhip that he's got. Who is he? Indiana Jones? 
And he's like, this was a gift from Mistress Felicia. She's very thankful for us helping her out. Was she was she worried that like she was going to get in trouble? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's completely understandable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. If I knew Sherlock, I'd call him too. I mean, I would too, but not about that. <laughs> Just in general, I would call him. Mm-hmm. I would be like, why do you look like so much like Johnny Lee Miller? Have you seen this show, Eli Stone? <laughs> Sherlock does not watch television shows. No, and if he does, he doesn't watch shows about a prophet. Yeah, he hates Breaking Bad. <laughs> it was it was never about the money, it was about the power. It's anyway, always. yeah. So he's whipping these cups off the table, but he's cl- <laughs> he's very clearly just like slow speed throwing the rope <laughs> and, and hitting them and then they're adding in a little sound effect every time he hits the cup. <laughs> Listen, he already learned to play the piano for this show. You mm-hmm. want him to learn how to use a bullwhip, too? No. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It is. So Sherlock's like, while I wasn't practicing this morning, I also have been working on the case, and Titus Delancey's wife and kids are coming back from their vacation home where they've been staying, and I looked up the kind of uh, suit that he was wearing, the, late, the gimp suit, and it's only sold in two stores in Manhattan. And one of them doesn't have suits larger than large. Yeah. And this was like a double XL. Mm -hmm. And he says, lucky for us and unlucky for submissives of size. So he does know how to talk about people being large tactfully. But only when alliteration is also possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like him. So, the one that sells the XXL is called the Pleasure Parlor. Oh, the Pleasure Parlor Room Reveal. Mm, Now that's a nickname. Oh, I didn't think of it. Me neither. Fuck my Among Us reference. I've never even played the game. Why am I trying to hop on this bandwagon? I don't need popularism. That word doesn't mean what you think it means. (laughs) Most don't. So they're at the pleasure parlor, and Belle is like, hello, can we have the records of all of the people that have bought an XXL gimp suit in the last month? The cashier's like, yeah, absolutely, in exchange for, I don't know, a fucking subpoena, bro? Yeah, you can have it if you lick my butt, (laughs) stupid cop. And Belle is like, you heard the part where we said it was for a murder investigation, right? And he's like, you heard the part where I said get a fucking subpoena, right? You heard the part where I said... Lick my butt. Lick my butt? And he says, you know, I. your job is to solve murders. Mine is to keep the privacy of my customers who are often criminalized for being sexually adventurous. And Sherlock says, it makes sense that you would be on a moral high horse. You are wearing chaps. Oh! They never show us his butt. The, the assumption is he's wearing assless chaps, right? Y- yes, but, but it looked like he was wearing pants. As well, so I, I assume that this was Sherlock deducing that he was wearing chaps somehow. Chaps go over the pants. I don't know anything. Chaps are the things that sh- cowboys wear, uh-huh. where it's like another pair of pants over your pants, but their crotch is missing. Uh-huh. So they're all ashless chaps? Crotchless chaps? You know, it's a great point. I don't know. Hmm. Guess we both knew a little less about chaps than we thought. <laughs> You know, who knows lots about chaps. Sherlock Holmes. He's got chaps that he talks to. Oi, chap. 
Hello, chap. So Joan is like, you know, all these latex suits, you know, the person we're looking for probably touched all of these looking for the one with the right size. So we don't need your records. We can just bring all of these suits down to the station and fingerprint them. And the guy's like, that's thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. And you still need a subpoena. And Bell's like, that's fine. Uh, you guys call Gregson. Let him know. Call the captain. Because he's being very police businessy. He's like, and, and I'll just stay here and wait. And I'll just stay here with my, with my badge out. Big shiny badge. Greeting customers. You ever vag out with your badge out? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, it rhymes. Uh-huh. It's, it's true. And then this like really alternative looking person like is walking into the store and it, like sees Belle and like... It's like, oh, never mind. Out. Yeah. And the guy's like, fine, I'll tell you what you need to know. The guy came in around nine yesterday 9 30 he says the only xxl size sale that they made was last night around 9 30 guy came in he was clearly a medium and uh but he paid in cash so i can't tell you anything else and bell's like really you can't tell me anything else and he's like well he paid with money from that atm over there so they talk to the atm mm-hmm. like what do you know yeah beep boop boop beep boop bzz. The ATM doesn't stop helping customers while it's talking to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trying to run a business here. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'll tell you everything for a $3 convenience fee. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't stop talking. And Sherlock tells him, put a pin in it. <laughs> so they get a picture of the guy from the ATM. And they they bring the guy in for question. And they're like... This doesn't look like you were home watching TV like you just told us off screen was your alibi. And he's like, okay, well, I stopped in a sex shop. I forgot about that part. And they're like, just tell us what we, we, you did it. And he's like, no, I didn't kill him. Titus and I were supposed to have dinner last night. And when I arrived, he was not, he never showed. So I went to his house. And when I got there, I let myself in on the porch and I saw him laying there in the living room, and he was already dead. And that's when I put him in the suit. I just pull on a prank, dude. I didn't kill him. I just, I wouldn't kill him. I just, you know, pranking my, 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 my friend. They're like, you were next in line to be the CEO after he died, eh? And he's like, yeah, but the guy was about to retire anyway, and I was already on the short list. I didn't kill him to be, to take over his job. I already was going to have it. When he died, I saw that he was dead. I his his contract includes a retirement fund that's a hundred and twenty five million dollar payout. Oh man, I would absolutely retire for a hundred and twenty five million dollars. I would retire for a hundred and twenty five dollars. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but a million dollars, I'd do it. And then he says, but his contract also included a moral clause. So they don't have to pay this $125 million if it turns out he's a sex freak. Little freaky man who likes to get spiked over someone's knee. It's dumb that you can have a kinky clause. It's really weird. Morals clauses are so strange because you can just... Any slight dinge in your reputation can count. Like, why? Why do your shareholders care that you like to wear your socks inside out? Because it looks bad for the company. Why? Stock prices. Everybody knows people with kinks are terrible with money. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you came out as a fin, if you like t- came out that you were a fin dom, 
your stockholders wouldn't really like that because they'd be like, this guy gets off on losing money. <laughs> we can't give him our money. He's going to give it to some cam girl. Fucking simp. <laughs> the CEO of SIMP. Do you, do you see many simps on the cover of Barons? <laughs> so the guy's like, do I suck? Yes. Do I look like an asshole frat boy? Also, yes. Yes. Did I kill him? No. So this guy's alibi also checks out in that people that like work at his apartment building or something could say that he didn't leave until after Delaney, Delancey died. So he got there after the fact and just, you know, desecrated a corpse. Right. I was going to say, I mean, that's... That's going to be in violation of a moral ethics clause. <laughs> right? But, I mean, how how big of a morals clause does your contract have to have before your company is like, well, you did save us $125 million. <laughs> you know? Maybe he's a, he's a hero to Wall Street sleazebags. Maybe. They're like, Jeffries, you did what you had to. We all would have done what you did. <laughs> Why did you know the number of a dominatrix? Uh, I googled it. Uh-huh. I binged it. Uh-huh. All right, Jeffrey. <laughs> so now it's time to talk to the widow, Mrs. Delancey. And the kids are back from their home in Bedford. Oh, good for them. Two homes. Two homes, at least. What is this? A crossover? Two homes? Sherlock Holmes. Oh, you got it. Wait, wait. Try it. Millie, try again. What is this? The episode with Mycroft? Ah, uh, two holes. This. Uh. And then Watson is like action. kind of. So it's like kind of like two and a half homes. She's not a Holmes. But she's a detective. All right, then do, make my joke work. Who's half a Holmes? Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would watch a, an entire spinoff series of. Sherlock, Mycroft, and Clyde. Holmes, 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 Holmes. <laughs> so, what were we talking about? Two homes. So they have two houses. So anyway, the 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 step mom and the kids are um, in their New York house, and they go to talk to them. Belle and Joan and the Sherlock. <laughs> Why I forget his name. <laughs> and the step mom step mom doesn't say anything interesting. She's just like. I'm the stepmom. Yeah, she's like, oh, these poor kids, they lost their mom five years ago, and then we got married three years ago, and now he's dead, and now I'm stuck with these pieces of shit. Stupid idiots. They're malakas. One of them, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Malaka, a term that you learned from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Means man who masturbates. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a 17-year-old boy. Yeah. The other one is, like, probably eight or nine. Few years away from malocking. Malocking. <laughs> He's going to malock the door on his bedroom. Oh. <laughs> I wish I had a lock. Uh, I, never, I never did. Did you have a latch, at least? No, I had nothing. I could close the door. Ooh, That's too bad. Yeah. Because it, it was, like, it didn't jam? Or, like, was it designed to not have a latch? What do you mean by a latch? Like you turn the knob and it... You mean like how doors work? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant like, like instead of like a lock on the the doorknob, like a latch, like my mom's had, like you, you like... 
Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. I was just being stupid, I guess. <laughs> so you had a regular doorknob. I, yeah, yeah. Everybody has a regular doorknob. Well, I mean, I guess you could get one of those, like, a swinging door. That, like, or a beaded curtain. Ooh. That would be the worst. That would be the worst kind of door to have for masturbating. Is <laughs> a beaded curtain. An anal beads curtain. Ugh. Just a smelly. <laughs> just kidding. Wash your accessories. Wash your doors. Your ass accessories. Hey. Yeah, if you wash your doors, if you put them in your butt. <laughs> but then the nanny comes home. And the nanny is very interesting because you and I reckon- She talks like this. I'm Fran. Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> yes, as soon as the nanny walked in, you and I looked at each other like, uh-huh, oh. we know this lady. Yeah. Because she plays uh, the woman Eli Stone lost his virginity to. While listening to George Michael. Yeah. And then, yes. you know, and then she comes back as an adult. And that's, mm-hmm. that's when we meet her. That's where we recognize her. Mm-hmm. But... But it was, yeah, it was a nice little Johnny Lee Miller and this woman reunion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked up her name. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I do wonder if it is not just a coincidence. Right. If, if Johnny Lee Miller was like, I know someone who's a good actress. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's like a nice little part, too. It's not just like a one scene and done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder if she saw... Because it's season two. I wonder mm-hmm. if she saw season one and she was like, Johnny, yeah. you didn't hook me up? Come in your show. And he's like, okay, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> um, uh, Johnny, if you're listening, put me on your show. Johnny, please revive Elementary for season eight and put me and Alec on it. <laughs> we could be like, you could have a, a an experiment of having, what if I had two apprentices at the same time and also they were stupid? <laughs> You know, because you know what it's like to have a, a gifted apprentice. What about apprentices who lose their glasses all the fucking time? Well, it's not my fault. If I put them down, I can't find them because I can't see. No, me neither. Yeah. Yeah, I have three different pairs of glasses. Just in case. I was washing my hands in the bathroom earlier, and I saw that I had put my glasses there. <laughs> when did I do that? Probably last time you pooped. Yeah, I took my glasses off to poop because well, I didn't want to... you don't want to s- see it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want to face my shame. <laughs> no, maybe it was when I showered yesterday. Okay. I like saying it like that because then it sounds like I shower like every day. Yeah. Instead of like, I showered yesterday because Saturdays are for showers. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to hear that one episode where I was like, and now Saturdays are for showers and be like, haha, what a funny joke. And then hear this episode and be like, oh. Oh, wow. Coco Montree's voice. I'm not joking, bitch. <laughs> so the nanny that has just shown up, her name is Ann Barker, which is what we call Balto because he's Ann Barker. <laughs> a A Barker. A Barker. A Barker. He's he, a Barker. He's an Arker. An Arker? Yeah. Why no B? It's because you said Ann. Ann. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's an Arfer. Because Grammar. Yeah, Arf. Oof. Arf. <laughs> if you're not sure what he sounds like, you can go back and listen to previous episodes where he has interjected. He's made a, an appearance or two. Mm-hmm. Right now he's sleeping, so he's not making any noise. Uh, well, that's not true. Sometimes he makes noises when he sleeps. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cute. He's, he's chasing squirrels. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Sherlock is like looking at her with big eyeballs and he shakes her hand to be like, hello, I'm Sherlock Holmes. And... Um, is like, 
Barker is Barker. Interesting. Like while still holding her hand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's acting kind of weird. And Joan is like, what's up? And he's like, we need to talk outside. So they go outside. What do they talk about? The weather. It's quite charming. No, they talk about Miss Barker. Well, uh, Sherlock does this thing where he's like, let me tell you about this seemingly completely unrelated thing. You remember that case 15 years, 20 years ago? Back when we were children. Mm-hmm. Remember being a teen and reading about this girl that poisoned her father? Well, that girl, I believe we just met. Ooh. So, yeah, so there was this girl, Abigail Spencer, who was accused of poisoning her father. And this was 20 years ago. And she was acquitted, but, you know. But you know how the media is. So Bad. Bad, yeah. Bad. So one day she just disappeared. Because the media was, like, hounding her so bad she couldn't live a normal life. Mm-hmm. So she just disappeared was never seen or heard from again became someone else apparently changed her name to ann barker maybe probably her or maybe she master of disguised it become another person become another person become you remember that movie turtle turtle am i not turtling up for the turtle club (laughs) anyway so this obviously sets off you know they're suspicious of her now because abigail spencer poisoned her dad with nitroglycerin which is where this guy died from this guy died that same thing same thing so they're in the interrogation room with her and she's like listen my dad wasn't nice so i you know i didn't like scream and cry when he died which is apparently what i should have done and so people suspected me the, the whole thing about the media and the public like believing somebody is guilty because they're not reacting in the exact way you think somebody should be reacting in a certain situation is such fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's Everyone like, reacts to things differently. Yeah. It's like, you've never been in shock before. And also, like, maybe she does, you know, any person that you see on the news or whatever, like, maybe for their press conference, they're not crying. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they fucking get in their car and immediately start crying. Yeah. Like, you're not it's, seeing them 24 hours a day. One thing that I really liked about the Richard Jewell miniseries that we did is if you remember his first TV show appearance, mm-hmm. um, people, like, thought he was guilty from that because just because he looked like shit. Yeah. And and I thought... he was so unnatural and... Well, but I thought the series did, like, such a great job of, like, the 15 seconds before that like showing like how much of a rush they were to like get in he's like where do i look like who am i talking to like mm-hmm. he didn't even know who he was talking to yeah. what questions were going to be asked he's like sweating and shiny and the makeup department doesn't have enough time to put the powder on him yeah the producer's like can we get some powder? never mind it's fine yeah it's like no he looks bad he just yeah and, and it was just like bad timing not great production value and and people just got this terrible opinion of him just because of that Things just happen that yeah. we don't know about. So Joan is looking at some pictures on her tablet um, while this inter- interrogation interview is happening. And she's zooming in on parts of the picture that will come in later. But um, Abigail slash Anne is like, nobody has recognized me in 19 years. I got so much plastic surgery. Sherlock, how did you... What the fuck, bro? Yeah, and he's like, your voice, I, I remember. recognized your voice from the... Media coverage. The media coverage. 
you know, when you were 15. Yeah. And your voice hasn't changed in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, normal. So then um, she's like, listen, you, clearly you don't have enough to charge me or you would have charged me. Can I please go? And they let her go and Bella's like... Too bad we don't have anything to hold or talk about a good suspect. And Sherlock's like, yeah, I don't think she actually did it. And Bell's like, you're the one that uh, I, I told us about her. And he's like, well, yeah, it seemed really fucking weird yeah. that she just suddenly showed up out of nowhere. And the fact that uh, you know she was accused of, of poisoning her father with the same poison that was used in this poisoning. Yeah. It was too much of a, you know poisoning coincidence (laughs) yeah he's like i don't think it was immaterial to the case i just don't think she did it Mm -hmm. and her haptics like so her nose wings and stuff say that she's innocent right and then marcus is like you're just saying that this is just some sort of weird coincidence the same murder weapon she looks like no i didn't say that i think she's being framed framed like a picture and they actually even ask her because Captain's like, you don't think it's a little coincidental? And she's like, I think it's very coincidental. Because I didn't do it. Mm. So, a lot going on here. Something strange in the neighborhood. There's something mysterious about this murder. Hmm. So now they're back at the brownstone. And Joan says, so Sherlock, how did you know about her tattoo? Sherlock's like, huh? Jonah's like, I saw you looking at her wrist, and I thought maybe you just recognized her from the media coverage, but then I looked at old pictures, and she didn't have the tattoo in all the old media coverage, so how did you know that she had that tattoo? So you said it was her voice, but I don't believe you. Mm-mm. You were checking out that tattoo. You were looking at her sweet, sweet wrist meat. <laughs> and he's like, wow, impressive. Do you think every time Joan does something like that, Sherlock's just like, hee hee, I did that. <laughs> You would have just been telling people about to do drugs. <laughs> yeah, I think he has a... I mean, he's definitely proud of her in in both kind of both ways of the word proud, where you're like, I did that. And also like, yeah, you. And also the proud family. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I was going to st- sing the song. I don't remember how it goes. The proud family, we're on Disney Channel. I'm Beyonce and Solange is my sister. We're the proud family. It was a good show. It was a good show. I like that the, uh, the, the, the the bad girls in it were blue. Yeah, I remember that. And that was the only, like, unrealistic, you could say, like, part of the show. Uh, wasn't her grandma, like, some sort of weird ninja? Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> good show. Good song that we sang 100% accurately just now. So Sherlock explains that the reason he knows about the tattoo... Well... Sherlock explains his knowledge of Abigail Spencer because he has a history with her, which is that they were pen pals when they were both 15. He saw the media coverage and he was fascinated and he was 15 himself. You know, he actually calls them quill acquaintances. (laughs) Quill acquaintances. So Joan says, well, how did she not recognize your name? Sherlock Holmes is pretty hard to forget. And I said... Joan Watson is pretty hard to forget. And I said, who? <laughs> I like it because I know she's saying like the name Sherlock Holmes, but mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know. This detective seems pretty iconic. <laughs> he says that he was going through a teen phase of insecurity and he wanted to see if he could be known as Sean Holmes. What a terrible name. 
Yeah, Sherlock Holmes is somehow better. I think it was Sean, S-H-A-U-N. I think it was S-H-E-O-U-N. Sean. S-H-E-A sports, it's in the game. (laughs) I think it was S-H-H-H-H-H-H. Shh, Holmes. Be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) S-H-I-D-D-Y, Holmes. Oh. Shitty. I don't think he's nice. He thought he was shitty. (laughs) So he wrote her a letter asking her frank questions, and, and she wrote back. And she opened up to him a lot, and he said, you know, it was an interesting... Um, glimpse into the criminal mind and Joan's like are you saying she confessed to you and he's like no but she might as well if I'm Sherlock Holmes I'm Sherlock Holmes so and in one of these letters she mentions how she wants to you know be like reborn from from this mess and she wants a a tattoo of a phoenix on her wrist on her sweet sweet wrist meat (laughs) her exact words in the letter Mm mm-hmm they show just, they don't show any of the other letters, but they do show that so that we know she said that and it's not Sherlock being weird. <laughs> he says, you know, I think one thing that helped her open up was that I promised to not tell anyone whatever she told me. And Joan's like, what? Why? Why would you do? And he was like, the trial was over. There's a thing called double jeopardy. So it's not like they could do anything with the info anyway. Yeah. And... He was of the opinion that she had killed, but was not a killer. But, you know, if you go by the definition of what a killer is, <laughs> I understand the sentiment, but the definition, the dictionary is just not on your side on that one. So anyway, he thinks, you know, if we find the person that found her out, we will find the killer because what a convenient way to frame somebody. Perfect scapegoat. Yeah. The greatest scape of all time. <laughs> like great escape goat i mean i was just sure that is my goat greatest of all time it's a scapegoat oh you know that you know the great escape yeah goat yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yours is also true so now we go to Anne slash abigail's apartment i everyone calls her abigail once she's found out but i don't know and bagail and bagail ab the name's bagail Anne Bagail. <laughs> so, Abigail, Anne Bagail, Anne Bagail is looking out the window. I just like, you know, I want to respect her chosen name. I know, it just sounds like you just said, like, Abigail and Bagail. Yeah, Oshkosh Bagail. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> um, she's looking out the window and she's very upset because there's press all outside of her window, a, a, apartment building again, you know. It's the nightmare has returned and she hears a knock on the door and she's like, I don't know who let you up, but you're not allowed to be in here. And Sherlock is like, it's me. I'm Sherlock Holmes. And she's like, great. Get out. Great. You're the one that did this to me. Yeah. I'm not happy with you. You told the cops about me and now this is happening. And he's like, you know me as Sean Holmes. And she's like, (gasps) you know, she lets him in and they start talking about things and she says that Perry fired her. She didn't even get to say goodbye to the boys. Perry being the uh, the stepmother. Oh, yeah. I never said that because who gives a crap about the stepmother? Also, I mean, even the TV show said it. And at one point I was like, who the fuck is Perry? <laughs> her name is also spelled in the subtitles P-E-R-I. Well, P-E-R-R-Y is 
is a masculine way to say it. It's a platypus's name. <laughs> anyway, so they talk about, I don't know, stuff. The weather, how charming it is. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, sorry, I, I stopped writing back in the day. And he's like, no, I, I got it. You had to, you know, leave Abigail behind so that the phoenix might rise. And I guess they say some other stuff. I don't really remember. It's an interesting scene. It's well acted, but there's not a ton to contribute to the mystery. So he says, I think that whoever did this is trying to frame you. Has anybody been, like, asking, like, prying questions recently? Like, anything weird happen? And she says, well, a month ago, I was doing errands, and this brown sedan was following me. So I wrote down the license plate in case it happened again, but it didn't. Hmm. So Sherlock writes down the license plate, and he's like, okay, thank you for the clue. Goodbye. You know what bothered me about this part? When he's putting it into his phone, and, like, he's pressing the buttons, and I only heard, like, three like boop 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 does he have a touch button phone i think so that's messed up then i don't know it just should have been six or seven i mean realistically does he have a keyboard or a number pad i don't know because if he just has a number pad it should have been like 15 or 20 oh, little yeah. beeps and that would explain why he types so you know efficiently Mm-hmm. because he has to press you gonna hit seven four times just to get to v right Exactly. Is that right? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, no. It's, that's S. And it's eight three times. For V. For ah, v. man. That's fine. It's it's amazing how much of that knowledge has just escaped my brain. You don't need it. Right. But, like, I used to every single time I would text. Like, and I once got in trouble for how much I text because this was before unlimited texting. <laughs> and I just remember there being there and just, yeah, that's the, that was the worst way to text. Not at the time, because we didn't know anything else. Yeah. We just thought it was cool that you could. <laughs> well, I had um, the word guess thing where you would just press the button once for each letter, and then it would be like, are you trying to say have or gave or face? <laughs> no, face is not one of the le- options. Fave. Fave, yeah. And then I'm like, no, I'm trying to say hair. i'm just really bad at spelling (laughs) so he's like he goes to be like okay goodbye and she's like wow really you're just gonna leave me he's like this is an important clue now i get what she's saying because she's like you know the media harassing me as a kid was like the worst experience of my life and now it's all happening again and i have no one that i can i can talk to because i you know had to leave everybody behind because half of my friends thought i was a patricider and and the other half you know didn't want to be near me because they'd be constantly hounded by the media so i don't have anyone all i had was you back then and i need you now and i get it but also like yeah but maybe he should just go solve the crime to clear your name bro but her name's gonna be back in the papers for a long time either way you gotta have a hard time in between there then and now yeah it's true and now everyone knows that Anne is abigail and she'll have to change her name again right so he stays yeah he does he he texts the license plate to the boys mm-hmm. and then we go to the police station where joan looks very pretty she looks pretty in this scene. I took a whole line of my notes just to write, Joan looks very pretty. So if you're watching along with us, you already know that, but if you're contemplating watching along with us, you, sh- you should do it. What are you waiting for? 
<laughs> so Bell is like, we got a hit on that license plate. And it's from a PI. And this PI was actually hired by the stepmom, by Perry. Because she was hoping that Titus was having an affair. So that she could divorce him and get all of his money. Instead of divorcing him and not getting any of his money if he wasn't having an affair. Yeah. What what weird... <laughs> like a weird prenup. Being like, okay, let's get married, but let's figure this out first. If we divorce... You get 10%. If we divorce because I fuck someone else, I'll give you 50. Why is that weird? It was like, if it's my fault, I'll give you more money. It is a little weird the way you phrased it, though, because then it's like, fucking someone else is worth 40% of my money. (laughs) To me. Because I think if she had an affair, she would get, like, you know, nothing. Mm -hmm. It's a weird game of chicken. Yeah, or just don't cheat on your partner. I mean, yeah, but prenup... Thank goodness we don't have any money, so we don't have to deal with this. Yeah, thank goodness we don't have partners. Wait. Wait, huh? Yeah? What you said. <laughs> yeah, prenups are weird anyway, because they just are putting a contract on something that's about feelings, emotions. Uh-huh. Marriage Love. is a contract. It's just a second contract. I know, but that's not to say that it's not fun to go to weddings. It would be less fun if you had to sign a contract. To go. Yeah. I will not drink more than eight alcoholic beverages. (laughs) If I fuck one of the bridesmaids, I have to get you another toaster oven. (laughs) Oh, my God. The bridesmaids are like, I'm going to get you that toaster oven. (laughs) You show up with three toaster ovens. You're like, just in case. (laughs) So the PI was following all the women in um, the dead guy's life whose name is Titus. Titus. Titus's life and because he because because (laughs) yeah him fitting into the gimp suit was pretty Titus (laughs) (laughs) so the PI was following the women hoping to find one of them having an affair with Titus but instead he discovered Abigail's true identity and then they're like but get this Joan the PI turned over his report about Abigail over two weeks ago And the stepmom just let the potential poisoner keep making sandwiches for her kids. Whoa. Oh, my God. What if she put nitroglycerin in the peanut butter? Oh, no. And then made them a sandwich that had peanut butter in it. (laughs) So um, the mom was alibied because she said she was at the, you know, at their vacation house. But then talking to the boys, they said they were in their rooms watching TV. So she could have snuck out at any time. Ooh, sneaky. Mm-hmm. And the mom is talking to her lawyer at the time because she's been brought into the police station. And the lawyer is like, okay, we're ready to talk to you now. So the mom is like, okay, here's what happened. I snuck out that night. My alibi is that I was meeting with this doctor guy. And they're like, oh, you were having an affair with a doctor. Ooh, nice. Joan's like, you like doctors? <laughs> and then they're like, okay, if you were having an affair, like, that, you didn't have to have a lawyer in here. That's not a, we're not going to press charges against you for having an affair. And the lawyer's like, well, so actually this doctor, you would, if you looked into him, you'd find that he has a prior arrest for illegal distribution of prescription drugs. Ooh, selling drugs. What's his street name? Mr. Pills. No, definitely (laughs) not that. Dr. Doom. (laughs) That's pretty pretty extreme. Yeah. I mean, Marcus's brother was Mr. Cheese because he brought in the cheddar, (laughs) a.k.a. money. Dr. 
Doom just... Well, I mean, based on what he's selling this woman. Yeah. So they're like, wait a minute. What were you buying? And she's like, I was buying nitroglycerin. Oh! But just because because I was thinking about it, I wasn't going to do it. I would never do it. But I was taking a secret rendezvous trip while my kids were watching TV so I would have an alibi to buy a poison murder weapon. Yeah. And and like before all this the the lawyer is like, "We want to make a deal with you. We will uh help you catch this doctor." She'll testify against him for immunity. And and at first I'm like, "That seems like a terrible deal. Like you get away with murder and all we get is a doctor selling some drugs." Mm-hmm. And then and then they're like, "We we want immunity." From attempted murder. Mm-hmm. And uh, the captain this episode is just, um, he just summarizes what people said. It's not just this episode. Yeah. He, he does this a lot. <laughs> so you're saying. Yeah. So he says, you're saying she couldn't have killed her husband because she was too busy planning to kill her husband. Planning the exact murder that took place. Mm-hmm. So they're back at the brownstone and Sherlock is like, well, that's a first. I would be excited if it wasn't so frustrating and stupid. <laughs> and then Joan notices that the boys are up on the the wall. She's like, why are both the sons suspects? Sherlock's suspect slash evidence wall. Yes, yes, yes. And Sherlock's like, well, the little one isn't. So this- he rips the, <laughs> the photograph in half. Mm-hmm. So Sherlock's like, well... Graham is a suspect now, the 17-year-old son, because I got the, Titus's will and there's these big trusts that are going out to, that are going to the sons that are going to get paid out when they're 18, which is only a year away for Graham. And his alibi is now out the window cuz his mom wasn't there. Because the boys were in their rooms watching television. So they were each in their own rooms watching their own televisions. Mm-hmm. One of them's like nine. He has a television in his bedroom. He probably also has his own house. So. Yeah. Fucked up. Rich people. And yet we have one TV. <laughs> and by we, I mean you, because I don't even have it. It's yours. <laughs> Pretty good TV, though. It is. Because my friend gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's rude of this fictional family to not send us a TV. It's true. So, so Sherlock is like, I have a plan. I'm going to ask Graham all about this tomorrow. And Joan's like, isn't tomorrow the funeral service? And Sherlock's like, yes. Yeah. They'll all be in one place. (laughs) And Joan is like, come on, you're going to confront a, you know, a mourning boy at a memorial service. And he's like, well, if he's a killer, he won't be in mourning. So (laughs) I'm covered. And if he isn't the killer, whoopsies. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My bad. So Joan is like, wow, you're really convinced that it wasn't Abigail because you were in love with her. What? And Sherlock's like, what? You had a little schoolboy crush on a little murderer. <laughs> Murderess. Ooh. And um, Sherlock's like, no. So he wasn't in love with her in the traditional sense, you could say. But he he says more stuff about his past. And he's like, you know, I was pretty young when my father sent me to boarding school. And I was treated super badly because I was super smart. 
And I have the name Sherlock Holmes. And I was really rude. (laughs) And people didn't like me. And he says, you know, I was tormented relentlessly. And, And Joan actually says, this is a reference to an earlier episode. She goes, I remember you mentioned you were bullied. I wasn't sure how much of that was true. You remember this? This is from Vaguely, the, yeah. the Balloon Man episode mm-hmm. where he told that story about having a bully and pretending that he fell down the stairs mm-hmm. to protect the bully. And so Sherlock says, you know, this was before cyberbullying and, you know, taking embarrassing videos of people and spreading, spreading around uh, the school. So my bullies had one, one, um, one weapon, which was violence, and they used it a lot. So he's like, I was bullied really hard. And... This is around the time that I discovered Abigail's case, and I started writing to her, and, you know, it was it was a nice escape from, from school. And Joan is like, oh, she was your first. And he's like, killer. Yeah. And he says that the letters from her gave him a purpose. And, like, he realized from talking to this killer, he wanted to be a... Detective. Detective. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then Joan is like, she might really be the killer. And Sherlock's like, yeah, if she is, we'll arrest her. But, like... For now, I want to help her. Yeah. That's nice. You know, everyone else in the world is like biased against her, but not Sherlock. He sees the truth. So then it's the next day and they're talking to, as Sherlock would say, Graham. In America, we say Graham. In England, they say Graham. They sounded the same to me. Okay. Well, that's fine. (laughs) Graham is in the driveway and he is shooting hoops. Shooting hoops on a seven foot net. How How tall are they supposed to be? Ten. Well, he's 17. So Sherlock's like, hey, Graham, did you know that you're going to inherit like a big buttload of money from your dad dying? And he's like, very rich person like, he's like, yeah, I guess I never thought about it. It's like, it's millions, Graham, but okay. And they basically are like, so Graham, you got a great motive. Did you do it? You kill your dad? And he's like, what? No. Everybody knows it was Abigail or Anne or whatever. I definitely didn't kill my dad to get his money. Yeah. And he says they were having issues. You know, they had a big argument last week. I have a picture. A video. I I have a video on my phone. My little brother was doing some parkour moves, so I took a video. In the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. And I caught dad and Anne going at it. Arguing. And so they watch the video and they show it to Abigail and Miguel. And she explains what's what's going on. She says that um, Titus was, like, accusing her of trying to steal his iPad. He was going crazy. He's yelling. So Sherlock is like, well, we have this other theory that maybe he discovered your secret and was, like, trying to extort you or something. And she's like, nope, no, I didn't even remember the argument because he said, it. you know, he apologized and he said it was nothing. And Sherlock's like, listen. You gotta be honest with me, or I can't help you. And she's like, I'm always honest with you. I've always been honest with you. And Sherlock's like, mmm, mmm, I remember that thing that you said 22 years ago. And Abigail's like, what, you said you believed me that I didn't kill my dad. And he's like, okay, but here's the thing, you did. September in ni- of 1991, you told me about your neighbor that died from a heart condition. She's where you got your nitroglycerin, is she not? And then January of 92, you told me something inconsistent about your alibi. Do you want me to go on? Because I can. And this is a very extensive memory that Sherlock has. Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, that's just Sherlock. Because I was thinking even earlier, I know it was bullshit, but him saying that, like, he recognized her voice. 
I'm like, I don't think I'd recognize the voice of someone I met yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I recognize people's voices, but I don't think I could recognize my, like, childhood friend's voice. Mm. So she's not happy about this, you know. No, of course not. The one person that never thought in her eyes she was a killer now apparently has thought that for years. She's like, get out! Yeah. So now we go to the house because they actually didn't find the tablet. It's still missing. So Joan is in the office, in Titus's office, and she's picking the drawer lock. And Belle's like, how's it going in here? You, Oh, you're picking the lock. How's it going? And there's like these scratches on the drawer. And he's like, oh, is that from you? And she's like, give me some credit. I used to be a surgeon. I got amazing hands. Thank you very much, Belle. Yeah. I'm steady. That's it. <laughs> so then they finally, she finally unlocks the drawer and there's nothing in there. And they're like, wait a minute. Why would this drawer be locked if there's nothing in it? And my first thought was, you idiot, at least check to see if there's like a false bottom or something. And Joan does, actually. She does. There's no BBLs in sight because there's no fake bottoms. Brazilian butt lift. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> um, so they're still looking for the tablet. And Joan is like, maybe he just suspected someone was trying to steal it because he saw these scratches of someone trying to pry open the drawer, you know. So Belle is like, my ex used to put her tablet in a thing that looked like a book. A case. That looked, yeah. Case that looked like a book. I couldn't remember the word case. So let's check the book case. Ah! Yeah. And then Joan is like, she like looks at the bookcase for like a second and then she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, it's really funny because I think this is a great example of like... Uh, consulting detective work versus police work. Like the police work, they're like, we have to knock on every single door and talk to every single witness. We have to pull off every single book on this bookshelf to see if it's a... And Joan's like, let me do some observation and deduction. Yeah. Let me look around for a second before yeah. I spend the next 30 minutes touching every book in this office. Yeah. And it pays off because she looks around and she's like, this room has five air vents in it and marcus is like the average american has one fallopian tube <laughs> what what are we doing he's like you know you sound like your partner right yeah it's random facts wait what are you getting at he actually says a state capital but i don't remember the name of the state so yeah honestly i was about if you didn't say anything i was gonna say the state capital of alaska is juno because it's like the funnest one I know. Mm. Do you know the capital of Alaska? <laughs> no. I think he says Wichita. No, he says Lansing. Oh, Wyoming? Michigan? Puerto Rico? Anyway, Belle's like, five vents? What's that? What's what? What's do with that? Who cares? And she's like, well, it seems excessive. There should be like one to take air out, a, a couple to bring in cool air, but five is a lot. This room's not that big. Belle's like, how do you know that? She's like, my uncle used to be a contractor. I really thought she was going to be like, I had to read some monograph by Sherlock. Right? About blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I, I liked that it was just, no, this is just knowledge she has. Yeah. So she goes around and she's like tapping the wall above each of the vents to see, you know, if it's hollow. And she gets to one where it's like, bunk, 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 bunk. I don't know how to make a noise that sounds like it's not hollow. But anyway, she discovers that one of the vents is fake. And she's like, this isn't a real event. It's just supposed to look like one. And Marcus shimmies the little thing off, and there's the tablet in there. Sure enough, there it is. Mm -hmm. So this is where the content warning for uh, CSA is going to come in to effect, because 
That's what they find proof of on this tablet. So they call Sherlock and he's like, I am on my way to the house right now. And they're like, you can turn around because we found the tablet. And what's on there is video of Titus abusing Graham. So they bring in Graham. Graham is in the conference room with his aunt and his lawyer because he's 17. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he yeah, he needs, you know, a lawyer and, and adult supervision, except his dad is dead and his mom is dead and his stepmom is going to jail for <laughs> attempted homicide. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, random Aunt Becky. <laughs> Yeah. So um, they're like, okay, Graham, so um, do you recognize this iPad? And he's like, everyone get the fuck out. Because they're like, we know that he hurt you. You know, maybe you were trying to avoid having your dad hurt your brother too. And the aunt is like, what are they talking about? What are are they talking about? And he's like, I'm not talking about this with you. You need to leave. Tells the lawyer and his aunt to get out. And Gregson's like, he's 17, which means he's in his legal right to talk to us by himself. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And then Joan is like, here's a gentle parlor room reveal for you. Here's the file that the PI prepared for your stepmother. And here's your fingerprints on it. So we know that you knew Abigail's secret. And Sherlock is like, you know, you probably bought the drugs online and bing, bang, bong, bong. <laughs> so then we cut to outside of the room and Abigail comes in down the hallway and she's like, Detective Bell, whose name I remember. <laughs> Whereas Graham, his brother just called me in tears saying the police took him away. And Bell's like, we can't really get into that. And then the aunt sees her and she's like, did you know about this? And Anne's like, what? And then we cut back to the interrogation room or the interview room. And Sherlock's like, look, I know you aren't relishing what this means for Abigail. You know, if you tell us what happened, that's mitigating circumstances and she doesn't have to go to jail for something she didn't do. And then all of a sudden the lawyer opens the door. She's like, we're done here. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to my client. Yeah. So they're out in the hallway and Belle is like, yeah, so, um. Abigail just confessed. Mm-hmm. Saying that Titus found out who she was a couple of weeks ago and was extorting her for sexual favors. And so she did the nisoglycerin check. If it worked once, it'll work twice. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom. And so Sherlock is like, this is the thing that I said. So Sherlock goes in to talk to her. And he's like, why, why are you doing this? And she's like, why am I confessing? Because he was a bad man. And he's like, come on. We both know that Graham did it. And this isn't even, this is mitigating circumstances. He would only serve like 18 months. And Abigail's basically like, 18 months is, first of all, a long time. Yeah. She, yeah, she's like, first off, that's about as long as we sent our letters back and forth. And we both agree that felt like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And second, if he goes to jail for killing his father, he will always be known as the kid that killed his father. Right. And she's like, I'm already known as that. So... And like you said, I'm guilty. Right. So this is this is interesting because it's like such a neat, tidy way to tie up the thing, but also it's like horrible and there's no good ending. Yeah. For that. It's sad. Yeah. Hopefully she also gets mitigating circumstances and doesn't serve for very long. And hopefully they don't bring up the part about her doing this before. Oh, <laughs> uh, they definitely will. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, her lawyer, if they're good, would be like, she was acquitted, so how would you shut the fuck up? Right. It's prejudicial, Your Honor. Yeah. I'd be a great lawyer. 
Yeah, you do the mocking whiny voice a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say you should be mad? Why did you shut your fuck up? How about the defending is actually... Well, you can take your proof and shove it up your tuckus. <laughs> My defendant's not guilty, and also, you look stupid for doing this. Yeah. Nice tie, dweeb. <laughs> so back to the somber episode. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we don't get, like, fun character development this week at the end of the episode. No, but we do get a reason why CBS had to pay the uh, Doyle company for... Sherlock Ni- being nice. <laughs> nice homes. Yeah. So he's... Sherlock and, and Graham meet up near the bridge or something. You know, some very public area. Yeah. And it's, and it's a little... It's sunny out. You you could say the weather is, is charming. Uh, so, <laughs> so Sherlock is wearing our least favorite pair of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. They just seem too small. Really? Yeah. I think they're they're short, but they're very wide. Yeah, it's the it's the shortness that that bugs me. Yeah. And there's also like the nose bridge is also black. Like it's just like this whole yeah, it's weird. I really wonder if it's like a warbo warbobe, a wardrobe choice or if they're just like we're filming outside and we know how Johnny Lee Miller's face gets when he's filming Johnny, in the please sun. stop scrunching. Please, you're scrunching. So it's just like, get him some goddamn sunglasses so he can film this. This isn't the first time he's worn these sunglasses, though. I know. I think it's it must be a thing every time. It makes sense. It's a combination, you know, wardrobe choice and character choice and acting choice. Yeah, I, there, there are definitely, I think, plenty of things that happen in the show that, like, clothing-wise or, or haircut-wise or <laughs> Sherlock is sick-wise. Yeah. It's but, like, it's a bit, little bit Sherlock and it's a little bit for Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Sherlock says to Graham, listen, we both know what happened. I'm going to be watching you. So don't do this a second time. Don't even think about using these extreme tactics again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Graham is like, okay, don't poison someone with this again. <laughs> Chained murder weapon. Got it. <laughs> and Sherlock also says, have you, like, talked to anybody about this? And Graham's like, fuck no, dude. My aunt tried to talk to me, but no. Why would I talk about it? Yeah, it's sad. He's like, he's like no, it, it happened. And talking about that won't change that. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, it's true. You can't change the past. But that's not what the talking is for. Yeah. And Sherlock says. I really like the the way that, because there are episodes where sexual abuse happens to characters. I feel like elementary is is very good with the way they talk about it. Like Sherlock says, I've never known a betrayal as profound as you have, Mm. which is just such a like deep acknowledgement of, of the situation. And he says, but I know that being victimized is corrosive and talking can help. Which is true. Yeah. You know, can't change the past, but you got you to gotta help yourself for the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he says, and if you ever want to talk to somebody that knows the full story, here's my card. I'm at your disposal. And when he hands the card, I noticed that there's like two lines of text. So I'm pretty sure that the card just says, Sherlock Holmes, 555-555-555-555. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No, you can't email me. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then he walks away. And then the last, the closing shot is Sherlock back at the boxing gym. And he's just punching a a boxing bag. And there's this, like, sad song kind of playing. Sad, sort of thoughtful 
kind of song playing and you can tell he's thinking about the case mm-hmm. and he's just punching and 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 punching yeah i also just want to say he's boxing a punching bag what did i say he's punching a boxing bag <laughs> <laughs> what i said wasn't correct but it was right <laughs> so yeah Heavy ending, interesting episode. So the line at the beginning where he's like, crimes committed by small children. It was foreshadowing. It was foreshadowing. I mean, this is a large child, but he's still smaller than Joan, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, he's definitely smaller than Joan. I wouldn't say he's a... Listen, he's 17. Uh, he's the biggest a child can be. I know, but but when he was playing basketball, I couldn't help but notice that the basketball hoop was not put all the way up. So it made... So he's not 6'5"? Yeah, and it made him seem small. He's a kid. Yeah, exactly. He's a little kid. Okay. Or he's a large house cat. (laughs) Very large. (laughs) Well, he do be lying. Oh! (laughs) Oh! Goofy start to this episode. Yes, certainly. I feel like they had to throw that part in just to make it a little... A little light. There must have been, like, complaints about Child Predator in the first season. What, did Child Predator not have enough fetish gear in it? Just the whole thing was dark. Oh, yeah. From start to finish. True. So that's the episode. I thought it was well done. Me too. Now, we also got a question on Twitter. So our... What are your kinks? (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. It's not the question we got. Oh, no? Okay, never mind then. Our Twitter is at LMNOPcast. You can also... um, we have a Tumblr that's lmnopcast.tumblr.com where you can follow or we just post the episodes. But if you want to send in a message to lmnopcast.tumblr.com slash ask, you can do that as well. So this week we asked for people to ask us about pen pals and fetish gear and poisonings. And I also said to join us in saying thank you, Mistress, for providing us another wonderful new episode. And not one of you did that. Wow. So, you're terrible at following directions. You guys are bad subs. <laughs> and the mistress is going to punish you for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. She knows how to handle her subs. <laughs> Don't forget to like and submit. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got a, a lovely message from Joe Bulldozer, at the tallest Jew on Twitter, who says, A friend of mine has a pen pal through Black and Pink, which is an org that, among other things, pairs incarcerated LGBT people with folks who want to participate. And despite my handwriting being dog shit, that kind of seems cool and worthwhile Mm. enough to get a pen pal. That's really cool. I didn't... Maybe I've heard of that, but I forgot that it existed. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Must get lonely in there. Joe's question is, Is y'all's handwriting good enough to maintain a pen palmanship? Or are my reservations something that you share? Yeah, my handwriting is also not great. I mean, I I can read it. I don't know if other people can read it. Hmm. Like, when I write the word the, like, the H and the E are to the same line. <laughs> I have beautiful handwriting. You do have good handwriting. You, you, your print is especially... Oh, I don't do cursive. No. I meant you have two fonts. Yes, I do. All caps and regular case. Yeah. I do the all caps most of the time, but if I have to, like, take quick notes, then I'll typically do. If you were writing a letter, would you do lowercase? Um, I think if you did all caps, it would look like you were shouting at the person. I think, yeah, I think if I'm doing, like, a letter, it would be normal. If I was just writing a note, it would be all uppercase. Mm-hmm. Like, if Balto woke up and you were gone, and there's a little post-it that just says, like, out for 
not a walk (laughs) be right back um yeah like i I have good like whiteboard writing it's the only kind of writing that adults really need is quick notes and writing on a board is that not true you're furrowing your brow oh well i'm trying i'm thinking yeah i guess you're right you don't handwrite stuff a lot anymore in this economy (laughs) So that's it for our Twitter questions. If you'd like to join the discussion, we have a Discord that's in our episode description and is our pinned tweet on Twitter, LMNOPcast, again. And if you have even more thoughts, you could even submit a review for us on iTunes, maybe. Ooh. Just a thought. Just an idea. We are on noisepace.xyz, the home of a lot of podcasts like Big Match Minute and Live Free Twy Hard and Kid Nation Nation and Kyle XY. I mean, Kyle XY. <laughs> so check those out. And thank you to Matt GameCube for our life. We also want to thank Noah Geist at Owl Dude for our intro song. And thank you, listeners, for being you. I'm Val Flight Cub. You can find me on Twitter at Flight Cub B. The second B stands for... Babigail. <laughs> Babigail. And I'm Alec. You can find me in the discount aisle. 40% off. 69% of. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Bringing your price all the way down to 31 cents. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Till next time, this marble will keep on rolling. Goodbye. Gimp suit. She's watching the detectives. Ooh, he's so cute. She's watching the detectives. Well,